Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. So, how was your week? Um, it was, it was. There was definitely some highs and some lows. Uh, I did see Tootsie in the first national yeah. tour. Um, it was it was interesting. It was not at all what I expected. Um, I don't love the music. Like, to be fair. That's fair. Like, there are some good songs. But, like, mm-hmm. as a show in general, I'm not going to wake up singing any of those songs tomorrow kind right. of thing. But the story and the acting, I thought, were really, really good. And it was yeah. better than I expected it to be. I also went to the Van Gogh Immersive 360 Museum, and it was phenomenal it was the coolest thing I've ever done what was your favorite part I don't know so it starts with like a room where you like read all these quotes and stuff and learn a little bit more about Van Gogh as a person so that you can like understand his art better and like I cried a lot in that room because like a lot of his quotes about being an artist and like living with depression and like trying to like feel like a person in the world were like a lot for me and I was very overwhelmed so I like cried a lot reading those stuff and then like the end room which is like the the 360 room with the production and everything that was um amazing like it was overwhelming I can't wait till it comes back here I'm gonna have to go it's so it's so worth it It's, it's worth every penny uh, absolutely so next summer that's where i'll be you can find me yes, there because I, I just saw that it comes back to new york city in june i'm so excited i thought it was gone forever <laughs> well it's extended till november 28th here if you want to just come and see it <laughs> if you figure out teleportation i will teleport there on my sunday so i can teleport back by sunday night and be at work on monday <laughs> so <laughs> Right. You make that happen and I'll be there. Got it. Well, same if you can figure out teleportation, I would like to use it on the 26th of uh, this month to come to New York because I have friends from Thailand who are in the States right now and they will be in New York. Do my best. Okay. They will be in New York City on October 26th and 27th, which is a Tuesday and Wednesday. So I cannot leave work, but yeah that that does suck yes but how was your week I think was it was good um I had my first big event yesterday like post-covid other than just going to the movies I've gotten really into spooky season and so I went to my first little haunted house soiree thing and we had like cocktails and it was like creepy but not too creepy that I like had a panic attack or anything because I'm still scared of everything um but it was so much fun then I went to a concert for um Gucci. they're the band who wrote the music for Scott Pilgrim and they do a lot of video game stuff um I did not know them but they were they were really good um, I was very tired I am like 95 now so half the cab came straight home yeah, speaking of very tired, it was a very good thing that today is a government holiday and I did not have to teach because um, the Bills game 
last night. I didn't even watch it. I was so drunk when I got home. I didn't watch oh it. Gosh. Also, I hope your fantasy team's going to be okay next week. It wasn't this week. I know. Well, yeah. But because Burrow is your QB, right? He got yeah. a throat contusion yesterday. How dare he? Yeah. Uh, I have to have another come to Jesus meeting with him. I know. I mean, it's not really his fault. Somebody poked him in the throat. You know, he didn't really decide that. Look, well, we're going (laughs) to cure it with. um, He thinks he'll be able to play just fine. I just can't imagine um, anybody getting hit in the throat hard enough to actually get a contusion and being okay. Cause like that is, I got a contusion on my foot eight years ago and I still have nerve damage. Yeah. Well, uh, Mixon's also, um, one of my running backs and he's also been questionable because of his ankle and they play together. So <laughs> I'm doing great. I literally, I think I had like 90 points and my friend I played against had like 180. And I was like, are you kidding me? I had like 140 something last week. I was like, this is ridiculous, but it's fine. I've, I've just accepted that I'm going to lose fantasy this year. I actually had money on the bills game yesterday. And I was so close to winning the halftime pool. And then the Bills got a freaking field goal. And I was like, I'm mad. I'm not mad because I want you guys to win. Obviously, right, I'm not right. mad. But I'm mad because you, I, if you would have just not gotten that field goal, I would have won $100. That would have been nice. Oh, alas, such is life. So... Today was my horror movie pick, so everyone, uh, bear with me. I will be uh, bleeding today, so I'm, I'm going to be channeling MK, don't worry. Um, but it, so it was my favorite movie as a child, which I feel like says a lot about me as a child now that I've rewatched it, but I'll give you my thoughts momentarily. MK, this was your first watch. What'd you think? I get why you liked it. Like it was a good movie. I'm just still, I just finished it about an hour ago and I'm, I'm still not, I'm still not over it. But that's good though. Like that means you were like sucked in. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I, I have seen this movie about a thousand times. Um, and so I like, even though I haven't watched it in probably 15 or more years, I like knew what happened. And uh, I, I did came, not it realize. Only, it only came out 16 it years came out 2005. Ago, which is not more than 15. I mean, it's only 16. Yeah, I watched years. it when it first came out. And I watched oh, it like man. weekly. And then oh, I like God. stopped watching it. Right. So this is like baby Courtney. I was oh. like 13 when I started, when I watched this movie for the first time. And oh, um, I would, I would have, I would have jumped out a window if I'd watched it when I was yeah. 13. Well, I watched Jeepers Creepers when I was eight and I have never seen it since and thought I was going to die. Um, still to this day, I'm scared of that movie, but hide and seek. I don't know. I think baby Courtney might've just been a little deranged. I don't know. I have some questions, but it's fine. I think I turned out. Okay. I didn't kill anybody. Um, I still love this movie. I, uh, <laughs> it was very nostalgic for me. Um, I think it still holds up. I'm, I'm going to read some uh, critics reviews at the end and they do not agree, but it's fine. 
It's fine. Like one <laughs> critic liked it. So, you know, give me some slack. Anyway, so let's get into it. Um, the director is John Polson, who doesn't do a lot of directing. He's okay, mostly an actor. Okay. If you saw his face, you'd recognize him because okay. he's been in some of his big acting credits were TV. Um, he's in Fringe and The Walk, or maybe he directed Fringe. He's in Mission Impossible 2. And uh, he, John, John Colson. And he worked on The Walking Dead and The Good Wife. So he's got like big credits under his belt. But the movies he's directed are Siam Sunset or Siam Sunset and Swim Fan. And I've heard of Swim Fan, but I've never seen it. So his most of his experience is working in TV after this movie came out. Um, but he also did a lot of acting. Do you huh. see his face? I do see his face. I don't recognize him. Hmm. He's been huh. stuff. I believe you. Obviously, I don't think you just made up that whole idea. <laughs> Look, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah, so that's that's the director. He's, you know, great. Looks like this was one of his earlier things that was popular. Um, the writer was Ari Schlossberg. I meant to look it up. I think that's how you say it, though. Um, and he's only written two other films, and they were Harper's Island and Lucky 13. And I do not know what either of those movies are. So it was very interesting that this is the only like film that I know anything about that he's written. Was um, it based on anything? No. Because oh, it's, it's, I mean, based on his brain. What the screenplay, like not the movie aside, the screenplay, like that is pretty impressive for someone who's right. never done anything else. I know. That's why I was like, surely I'm going to know like other things he's done. Not a one, not a one. So very impressed. Um, the top build cast, for those of you who haven't seen it, <laughs> were Robert De Niro, Dakota Fanning, and Famke Jansen. And, you know, we all love Famke Jansen. She's uh, been with us from the beginning. Him, my girl. Oh, my girl. So, uh, we like her. Um, but one fun fact about the billing, Dakota Fanning actually took a pay cut out of her million dollar plus contract because she wanted her name to be beside Robert De Niro's above the title, like on the, you know, cover or whatever. And so, which I mean, it should have been, well, it should have been, but like, I thought that was interesting, but she was also like nine, but I realized, so this movie came out 2005 this was her 13th movie to be in. And some of the other ones were like notable films, like Uptown Girls. Yeah. Was, this, that came out before this. I Am Sam. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was a great movie yeah. too. Um, okay. And then she was in Sweet Home Alabama. Um, so like yeah. she had all these I mean, big movies already. Yeah. Out. Back, back in the day, Dakota Fanning was already like massive. She was yeah. doing stuff from the time she didn't have front teeth. Like, Right. I mean, she's one of the most talented child actors I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I, I will say Although that for sure. Although, my dad did make a comment while watching the movie, and I kind of agree. She plays um, Possessed Child really well. Like, she yes. always, in a lot of her stuff, even the stuff that wasn't supposed to be scary, in a lot of her stuff when she was younger, she just looked like a psycho. And she played, she still played dark roles. I mean, even in Uptown Girls, it was a lighter movie, but she played a dark child. Like, yeah. 
Uh, poor kid. Yeah. I mean, and then, she's, and then you get her sister oh who's God. playing things just as young, but she's playing fairy princesses. Right. <laughs> she's always in a dress with her hair blonde. Like, yeah, no, it's so funny, but no, Dakota is so talented. I'm glad that yeah. she did not grow up and go crazy because I would have based on <laughs> the movie she went through. I would have. Um, all right. So to get into the movie, um, so it starts out. I, one of the things I want to say, I love the way this film was directed. Like, again, like I haven't seen a lot of things John Polson did because I haven't seen Fringe or any of this, but also this came out first, I believe. Yeah, it did. And so I know it came out before like Walking Dead. I know it came out before maybe The Good Wife. I think that was also. No, that was also 2000s. later. This was also our, yeah. his, his big TV, like Walking Dead to Fringe, Good, The Good Wife. None of those, the earliest of those was 2009. So this was okay, all. That's what that. I was thinking. Yeah. And so like, this was one of his better known. This, this is his third credit, earliest. but I, it's his third yeah. credit on his, according to Wikipedia, it's his third mm-hmm. credit, but it's like the biggest of those first three. Right. Well, I mean, the other ones were this movie, Siam Sunset, I've never heard of and Swim yeah. Fan, which I've heard of, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, which says a lot. So, yeah. So I loved the way that the storyline flowed with the, the directing and the like writing, which is shocking based on how little work these two had done before it. Yeah. Um, so the movie starts out with the last happy day these people have ever had and uh which is exciting um i immediately immediately have problems with the opening of the movie right away yes and i have these problems with almost every movie that is set anywhere in new york because you cannot tell me it is january 1st in central park and there's not a fucking flake of snow anywhere to be seen. Um, I will say last year, we didn't get snow until February. Yeah, but last year, nobody got snow until February and it was weird. I mean, okay, 2005, global, times, 2005, yeah, 2005 global warming hadn't ruined winter yet. That's true. That's true. Um, you're but right like, about that. The first, 15, the first 10 minutes of the movie, every comment my, me or my dad had was just about how inaccurate it looks like fall well no (laughs) it looked like fall um their apartment is um not possible for anyone to have an apartment that has an ensuite bathroom for the child's bedroom in new york city right and then also not a chance in fuck is westchester only an hour outside of the city or actually upstate Westchester is an hour outside of the city i've been to westchester it took us an hour to get there well it took us an hour from brooklyn yeah so from, not from like from, Manhattan. From Manhattan traffic? No. Yeah. It takes an hour to get to Queens from Manhattan. Right, right. Yeah, when we went Also, we went from Brooklyn, Westchester it was about is not hour. upstate. Like it it's it's, not. it's north of Manhattan. It's not upstate. I know. Yes, I agree with all of those things. <laughs> so that and was also, my problem with the opening That's of the movie. not what Westchester looks like either though. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Westchester's like a suburb with a neighborhood yeah. like it's not and it's got like old like it's got like a downtown area that looks like it's like Preston downtown is what it reminded me of like yeah it was, it was. interesting I was like I don't know where you oh and then my dad started people. yelling about the geography of how if you're driving 
north on the west side of the river you can't suddenly be on the east side of the river just because the shot looks better oh. and he was so pissed yeah. off at both. I was like dad clearly we already know they don't know geography like let's move on exactly that. and they did say I think they did say that it was filmed Central Park West and 88th Street and uh so well no not- and that in the New York part that was Central Park West and honest honestly Central Park West is the only place you're going to get an apartment that big right. so fair but but I'm just saying, um, I think that's where all of it was shot was in that area. I don't know where the cabin was shot, though. If it No, like, there's no way that they shot the know. cabin in Manhattan. No, that in my, that that genuinely looked like it was actually shot somewhere upstate. Like we were like, but this I don't is, know where. Yeah. I was, we, like, my I mom was like, oh, they actually went to film in New York because usually they don't. <laughs> usually they find like a house in L.A. and put some fall leaves down. And yeah, pretend it's New York. But that like actually looked like it could have been upstate. Right. So, yeah. Um, well, there's also a couple of other errors to note right off the bat. <laughs> uh, they were small, but they're goofs. Um, whenever they get back to the house from their fun day and the mom's like tucking her in and everything and talking to her, she it's very clear it's shot in multiple scenes because her strand of hair moves almost every time they look at her. I would not have noticed. Oh yeah. Because I saw things, the movie. I read this first. Yeah. Those things don't bother yeah. me because like, I get it. I've been yeah. an extra in a movie. I know how many takes it is. And sometimes it is not the director's fault that it needs that many takes. Right. So. And uh, also she didn't want to dye her hair. And so she's wearing a wig instead of dyed hair. And I was like, I felt like in that first, I was like, this is the most obvious scene that I've ever seen a wig in. Like which, I knew it was which, there. But the funny thing is, because my my mom was like, I don't, who is that actress? I feel like I've seen her before. And then when the credits happen and you saw her name, she goes, Oh, wow. No, I've just never seen her hair like that. But that's right. because she would never wear her hair like that. Yes. So um then you have right off the bat, you have a few things that kind of set the tone for the whole movie. I mean, the mom, she, whenever she goes to the bedroom before she goes to take her bath, she uh, just looks at David. She says, some things are beyond therapy, David. Before she even talks, before she even talks, Mm -hmm. before she even talks Emily in, she is taking pills with alcohol. So we know she's clearly clearly stable. Um, Right. That was one of the warnings on the parental guide that I saw earlier. It was like, it makes drugs and alcohol beware oh i got a the warning on stars said brief nudity and i said but then i watched it and i don't think anybody was naked except for that like she was naked in the bathtub but you didn't see anything right i think that was it yeah okay but so she takes pills she tells david like there are things that divorce or that therapy cannot fix yes then she goes to take a bath and uh that's where we see david wake up and but before, wait, we don't just see yes. him wake up. We see the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Like, this is the first what the fuck I had for the movie, which, believe me, was not the last. But he's sleeping, and then a face, like a hand just rubs his face, and he look, wakes up, and she's not in the bed with him. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yep. But um, that was his I first fully- dream fully saw the next thing coming like I fully knew that that was what was going to happen I mean it was pretty obvious but as soon as he walked to the bathroom I mean I knew but as soon as he walked to the bathroom it's like obviously there's a dead body there like 
that's the next thing you would expect. And uh, it was like pretty dark. I mean, I watched this as a child and now I'm like, did I, why did I do that? That's why I'm just like (laughs) a pool of blood. And I'm like, this is, and it's also, that's a lot of blood. I understand that wrists bleed a lot, but I feel like, this well, is something I'll discuss yeah. later too. Here's here's the thing. This is a conversation that was had in my house while we were watching it. I was like, oh, I fully saw that coming. And my and my mom goes, I did too, but I didn't think like that. I go, yeah, I thought she was just going to be drowned instead of like slashing her wrist. And my dad just goes, yeah, but blood in the bathtub looks better. That's like, the moment you knew how dark this movie was going to go. Yep. That was, was the like, turning point. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Cool. Fantastic. And it's just like settle in because it doesn't get better. Um, so obviously we, uh, you know, Emily sees all of this and she's devastated. And the dad Traumatized. sees that she's there. And um, then the next scene we go to, she's like at a children's hospital, just staring out a window. She's got this blank look on her face, which she's excellent at. And mm-hmm. That's where we see Famke Jansen for the first time. Yes. And turns out she's the therapist that works at the children's hospital and um, is close with uh, Emily. Well, and also I didn't know that her dad, David, I mean, the dad, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro's character was a psychologist at first. Like it took me a minute to figure that out. And when she was yeah. saying like, how long have we known each other for a second? I thought he was having an affair with the doctor mm-hmm. because she that. also, the, also Famke Jansen, the doctor was like, um, well, like she's gone now. And so like, you have to move on. And he was like, yeah, we're going to move. And she was like, that's not really what I meant by move on. And I was like, right. Oh, so she's trying to bone him. Good to know. That's fair to think about, but it does come out later that she's closer with Emily and wants to make sure she can keep up with her. And and I don't think, yeah, I don't think it was revealed that he was a psychologist until they move into this new house and he puts up his degree. And I think that's the first time you know what his profession is for sure. Yeah. But then also like other conversations that the doctors have, like it's, it's clear how they know each other, but yeah, at at that point we didn't know anything about him. Right. Except for that he was looking through a telescope. So like, he could be a science teacher for all I know. Like, yeah, as a psychologist, there's no reason to look for a telescope, but that's fine. I mean, for fun. Well, yeah, that's fine. But sometimes it's not all just fun and games. Um, so once we get in, so we're driving up to upstate New York and uh, they played the creepiest little children's music. And I was like, this is so fitting. That la la la. I was like, this is not great. <laughs> I was like, this is very scary starting out. And um, anything, well, I mean, it's very well, typical. Anything with little children's voices in a creepy setting is, is creepy. not. Oh, no. And then the, just the way that they did the, the credits and the, like, mm-hmm. the font I was, the, with, yeah. with the little kid voices. I was like, oh, I'm going to hate everything about this. I know I am. <laughs> uh, well. I'm glad you didn't hate everything, but yes. So then they get upstate and uh, they get out. And one of the first people you see is the sheriff and the guy who, who sold the house. And the sheriff is Dylan Baker, who has a relatively small role in this movie, 
but I've seen him in a million other things. Yeah. But he's always, like, always relatively small roles, but just in everything. Yeah. He's actually one of the biggest roles. It's said on the internet. I haven't seen it. And one of Monica's favorite that she always talks about trick or treat, which is oh. another horror film. And um, that was his second biggest credit on his okay. IMDb. So, but I mean, I've seen him in so many things. Um, so then, you know, we meet the landlord. I'm kind of like skipping, skipping a bit. Cause it's, yeah. you know, it's a long movie. Um, so well, oh, hold next, on. I like, just, yes. before that you meet these two people and they, give off the creepiest vibes in oh, the world. Absolutely. Like everyone in this town is fucking creepy. Yes. You don't, I you mean, don't know it's who to- small town vibes. That's how the creepiest stuff happens in the middle of nowhere. That's how all movies do it. No, but they, they were like extra creepy for yeah. no reason. Like no, no one should be that creepy saying hello to a small child. Like that just, it's, oh, like a, yeah, it's a different level of creepy. It's a that different a, level of creepy. That was a little over the top setup. <laughs> like clearly that was a setup for right. Like for every, one of these people, Charlie. Everyone was, everyone was so creepy so that you didn't know what was going on. And like there was yeah. a million people that it could be, but it was like, okay, I get it. It's clearly none of them because it's clearly all of them. Like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Or it's like, it's clearly in her head because she's been in therapy. Like she's always there when weird things happen. Like it's like, it, it was too much trying to put them as the, you know, the bad guy. Honestly, um, I didn't, I didn't obvious. trust, I didn't trust anybody in this movie. I was like, they're all Charlie. They're all fucked yes. up. That is very fair. That is very fair not to trust them. Um, so then kinda, one of the saddest parts for me, which I know is, not maybe the saddest, but whenever you're watching that bedroom scene after her mother's passed away and now her dad's there and trying to do the hide and seek with her. And oh, I, she's yeah. just, it's so sad because it's like, clearly, I mean, her mom just committed suicide. She's moved to a new place. Her best friend is that godforsaken creepy doll. And she's just like, clearly not in her right mind already. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this is too much for a small child and you're just you're well, trying to first, act like okay, nothing's hold changed on. We, we skipped an important part where she wandered off down in the woods by herself to go into the creepy cave oh that's that's next that's no next. no because that happened oh. before no that i just know that that happened before oh, okay i talk about the forest next <laughs> yeah oh okay because that happened before the neighbor comes to say hi and i have in my note that says everyone is so creepy with the preserves is after that's a yeah that's a few things too. Um, because I, I, I have oh no you're right I'm thinking of the second time he tries to tuck her in it's when she tells him yes the first time the first time she's just like okay don't talk to me she's just staring at him and she yeah. still has her creepy doll um yes. yeah so okay. then when he's out she like goes outside the next day and she starts going into the forest. And I just put, I was like, this kid can't stay out of the forest. Karen and Georgia would be so disappointed. I wrote, sure, definitely go into the creepy cave. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Like, I know that this girl's got a lot going on, but like, she's not making it easy for herself either. No, not like, at She's all. only making it worse. Um, and at this point, like, it doesn't take long for me to decide that she's like hella creepy. 
I mean, well, well that's my next note says, why is everyone creepy? Because then right. after she's in the cave is when the neighbor lady comes to bring preserves and she's even weirder about talking to the kid than the two guys in the first scene were. And I was like, everyone's right. a fucking creep. But I did feel at this point, I was like, okay, now I feel like I'm on board with Emily because she just stares at her. Yeah. Doesn't respond. He's like, do you want to say hi? She just stares. And I was like, that's correct. That is how yeah. I feel too. Um, that is the only time she made the correct move as of yet. Um, so then they're going into town. He rushes around into town to get whatever. And uh, this is where we see Elizabeth's shoe for the first time. Um, so she's she's a pretty good actress. I did not look up what else she's in. I forgot to. But I do know I've seen her a lot. other things. A lot yeah, of things. Yeah, because she's in a lot of things. Um, and, oh my gosh, I can't read my own handwriting. Oh, and I <laughs> this is an off-the-wall comment. But her name in the show is Elizabeth, and her name is Elizabeth Shue. And anytime that happens... I'm just like, this is such a, a weird thing they've done because now you're the only one using your real name. And so well, you're the only one who first, feels like a real I, person. At first it was when she did that shoot, they asked what her name was or when he asked what her name was, she said, Elizabeth. And I was like, did you just forget your character's name? For right. It was like went with it. Yeah. I was like, that means she's the, I was like, but when I see characters use their own name, I'm like, oh, this is actually how they are in real life then, regardless of what the character's like. Which I like, mean, that's fine. Name. She was a lovely character. <laughs> She was. She was lovely. Um, God bless her. Um, but yeah, and when she... Oh, no, this is not... Okay, so they meet up with this woman. She has her sister's kid. And they're like, oh, they're going to be best friends. I have my daughter in the car. And I'm like, first of all, you're coming off creepy now because she doesn't know you have your daughter in the car. And you're just like, I have a kid to play with your kid. Like, come on. You got <laughs> Well, he did say it, he did say it a little slower, but he didn't just say he said he said I have a kid about the same age. She's actually in the car, and then you could see her in the car. So it wasn't yeah. it, but she also looked creepy. Like she looked devastated. So it's like she already looked like she was kidnapped. Like that's fair. Kidnapped. I don't think fair. I'd want to send without a kid with that like, child without having a kid. No, but kidnapped potentially. Yes. Yeah. So it, it definitely just felt like a weird scene. I was like, I'm not sending my kid. To that kid and then she immediately does but that's fine um so then this is the scene you were talking about where she starts telling him about charlie when he's tucking her in and yes. immediately it gave me vibes from the shining well i also um, said like i had a couple problems with this because before so before i knew what was actually going on i um was trying to decide if they what direction they were going in with how everything was going. And I was getting kind of frustrated at the idea that genuine actual coping mechanisms for children who go through trauma were being used as like sort of supernatural things. Like it kind of bothered me. And I was like, imaginary friends are always creepy in movies, but like, of course she's talking to someone who's not real. Like that's what you do when you lose someone. So I was like frustrated because I didn't know what they were trying to do, but I was like mad that they were like, basically making this little girl look out to be a psycho when I mean she is but also like that's not the problem right and it's like that's one of the reasons I like this movie so much is because the setup could go so many different ways and you just you truly do not know what's about to happen you don't know if there's because Charlie didn't show up till they're in this new house even after the mom passed away so maybe he was living in this house I mean there's a bed in the basement like 
maybe it's this, maybe it's her imagination. It's maybe it's an imaginary person. Maybe it's drop dead Fred where it's actually like a person doing things and yeah, creepy version of drop dead Fred. Um, And so I, that's one of the things that I really like about it is just how like off the wall it is. And you just don't know what's going to happen next. Um, But I also then went straight to this doll. I, this doll is so creepy already. And now it's mutilated. Oh yeah. He finds it. He finds it like fucked up in the garbage can. And I'm like this child, God bless. Um, And so then they go back to town the next day when they get back. I know I'm skipping over some things, but they are. So if you want to like add anything, that's okay. Well, no, isn't the first night thing that happens that night? Yes. First, I didn't yes. write it down. Yes. Okay. Cause my first, my next note just says, Oh fuck. No. So like I knew something bad happened. <laughs> yes. I, I wrote that on a different page. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, yes. So then he wakes up again in the middle of the night as he's wont to do Same after having time. a dream, weird hand on mm-hmm. his face. Dream about this like ballroom soiree event. And he goes into the bathroom and there's blood on the wall. And I don't remember what it said. Oh, it said you let her die. And it was written yes. in Emily's crayon. It looked like blood, but it was in crayons yes. because they were Emily's crayons. And he got mad at her and said, like, mm-hmm. these are your crayons and your handwriting. She was like, but it wasn't me. It was Charlie. And I was like, oh, fuck. No, Emily's fucked. Yeah. Everything's fucked. I've nope. <laughs> nope. nope. Yep. Yes. That's exactly how that went. So, um, that was rough. And then the next day he's like, he clean, you know, he does all the cleaning as he always does whenever something has gone awry and they go to town. And when they get back from town, they go fishing. And this is a fun fact that I learned about the story. So this is where she goes to put the beetle on the fish hook. Yeah. And it looks like she just like tortured it and killed it. Yeah. Well, no animals were actually harmed. They taught her how to, put the fish hook through the gut sack of the beetle, which is not an appetizing thing to think about, but, but that it, way, doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt the beetle. It's, it's very much alive and it does not hurt at all, but it makes for a good picture because they tried to use a fake beetle and they couldn't get the imagery right. And yeah. so they just taught her how to do this with a fake, with a real beetle. And um, it was very gross, but it did make her seem a little more demented because yeah. obviously she just grabs a, insect off the ground it's like i'm gonna use this instead of the bait we already have i mean but like it was a better bait than what they probably bought at the store i mean probably so oh but still. also weirdly it was kind of funny i kind of appreciated the moment because it was the only moment that i didn't think that she was crazy um when he was in town buying the stuff and the um officer gave him a ticket for parking in the handicap spot she goes huh, we broke the law <laughs> <laughs> And it just seemed like the most normal kid for the moment for the entire movie. It did. And I think it, I think it also like moments like that led to show how much darker things were in the new house they were in than they were before because when she's in town, she's, I mean, she's not ever really happy anywhere she's at, but she does have lighter moments that tend to happen outside of the house, not inside the house. Yeah. And so it's clear that a lot of the um, fear is coming from inside. Um, however it is so then 
<laughs> the next scene I have is when this kid comes to visit. It's Elizabeth Shoes mm-hmm. niece. Yeah. And I just put, I love when this kid comes to visit and Emily goes all Wednesday Adams on her. She comes to her pigtails and she's just like dead face. And I was like, that is the most Wednesday Adams look I've ever seen. And then and she, and then she's like, you shouldn't be here. You're going to get hurt. And like, right. Up another doll. And I was like, so that's very creepy. No, but this kid's song is baby wrap it up in toilet paper and put it in the incubator. And I was like, this is not pleasant. No. <laughs> it's like, you're also I, creepy. Yeah. Like, Ugh, all these creepy kids. Ugh, I can't do it. But yeah, so I was like, you can't say anything about anything creepy she says to you now because you just jolly like saying a creepy song. Yeah, but like all all jump rope songs are kind of fucked up when you think about it. But not that much. They at least sound like children's songs when you sing them. That did too. And when she sang it, if you listen to the words, it doesn't. But when she was yeah, singing no. it, right Ugh, it was not good so uh, naturally she runs out of the house terrified for her life yeah. because she's seen this mutilated doll and she was threatened um inadvertently but threatened nonetheless and uh this is where the steven guy shows up the husband she goes yeah. she's outside playing and the well, husband and the from next that, door okay, this i <laughs> i saw this moment and immediately before we even get into steven when she's outside doing the hopscotch she's doing the same thing that the little girl in her bedroom was doing which led me to be like she does want to have friends but she doesn't think she can because of whatever yes. the fuck charlie is because that made terrified. me sad yes and then also at first when they started that scene i thought that charlie was there and that's why she was playing like that yeah um, and then they that chose was- steven and uh it's like well is steven charlie like Cause he lives across the way and he's being very creepy. And I was like, even if you're just being neighborly, you cannot just approach a small child by themselves in their yard when you're a right. grown man. Well, and then the way acceptable. he was talking to and about Emily, this is my note that I had. And I was very convinced I knew what was going on. And I said that Charlie was the neighbor's dead kid. Oh, such a good theory. Because, like, they moved into this new house and then this weird ghost imaginary friend appears and the parents are clearly creepy and obsessed with her as a kid. And I was like, okay, well, they have a dead kid and it's probably Charlie. And then I was right that they have a dead kid. But it was right. a girl. So I was like, yes, it wasn't Charlie. So but like, and so, like, you hear that, you're like, oh, it makes more sense he acted this way. But then I was like, but that's still not okay. No, <laughs> it's still it's still not okay. Still not but, like, but, like, he he genuinely wasn't trying to be a weirdo right right he was a grieving parent with a little bit of control issues yes a little little lot of it of control well issues. but we don't really know because the other the scene where we see his control issues also was built up to make us think something else so like right. i don't actually right. know yeah well i think i mean i think he was a grieving parent who was not in control of his emotions the least like yes but i also think he was probably one of those guys who was never taught how to deal with emotions and then also like you those kind of people aren't allowed to show emotions so then when his wife talks about him having feelings that's why she gets upset because she's like no i shouldn't have said that like he he would be upset if i knew that 
if he knew that I told people that he was not okay because he has to be okay because he's a man. Masculinity. I don't like that term because it's overused in the wrong it's, way. It's a lot. overused in the wrong way a lot. And also yeah. a lot of um, like I saw a video the other day that actually was explaining how toxic masculinity is actually uh, can be hurtful to the trans community also. And like, okay, I could see that. And because like the idea of like lumping trans men in with women and not men takes away saying like you're different from cis mm-hmm, men because mm-hmm. you have lived the female experience but like they haven't and so I see that it I yeah so I have issues with the term toxic masculinity but in that case it is a toxic yes. case it is a self like a self-harming form of masculinity right yeah. he needs to go to therapy yes and learn how to have emotions <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, so one of the things when I was looking at the reviews they talked about was that they used a lot of cliches in this movie, which they did and they didn't. I, I only kind of agree. I, but I think I, it, yeah, I wouldn't agree. So I think my agreement comes like from a, a grand look at it. It does have a lot of elements of like the shining. It does have elements of like, you know, the cliche for the imaginary kid being dead. But I was like, those aren't enough that I would say it's cliche. The one scene that I did say was cliche (laughs) was um, when they went back inside and the teapot is like, is like steaming and whistling. And that's always when something creepy is happening. And so I was like, this is such a cliche. I was like, this is the cliche scene. I was like, well, everything else is not well, as much. That scene, I didn't really think it was cliche because I wasn't thinking about it in that case. You're right. But what mm-hmm. I was thinking about was how the fuck full did you fill your tea kettle that it is boiling over that quickly? Right. Of course, spoilers, um, it didn't boil over that quickly. So, but I was yes. just very confused about the tea kettle. Yes. I didn't think it was cliche because it genuinely confused the fuck out of me. <laughs> I think it was cliche in the use, but I think it was meant for foreshadowing. And so it yes. was important. It just, yes. but like, if you were going to pick a cliche scene, that's the only one. That's just, that's the easy, that's just a really easy way right. to show time exactly. passing without showing time passing. Right. Um, yeah. But in that, like later that night, he, well, this so is after, the same, same night, so, so after he does the tea, gets the tea kettle, he sits down and puts his headphones on to write on his desk. And mm-hmm. I said, if I had a creepy, deranged daughter, I would never wear headphones. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Never, never, ever. If I was alone in a house with a child that I thought was losing their mind, especially a kid that just watched their mom commit suicide, who's clearly not mentally stable, I would never, ever be more than a room away from them. And I would never have headphones on. Like, I wouldn't shower. I would shit with the door open. Like, I would be so worried that that kid was going to try to also commit suicide. that I would never put headphones on. No. No, absolutely. That is. I was so mad. Not the way. No. Um, But that is the scene where we first see her playing hide and seek without her mother. Well, with Charlie. Right. And... 
this part, this part felt a little off, but I guess it's not, but it's like, she just happened to come upon this door to the basement that's hidden behind clothes. And I'm sure Charlie led her there, but at the same time, the door was like hidden. So how is she supposed to just find it out of nowhere and end up in this basement? And I understand that that's a very nitpicky thing and it's not really a big deal. Well, because I didn't think it was that random to be honest. Like I thought, so she opened the closet door and then moved the clothes to look behind them and then happened to see the door, which obviously like they didn't show her opening every door in the house, but she could very well have opened because she looked under her bed and then she looked in her bedroom closet and like, it's very well that she could could have looked in every closet. They just only showed us that one. I just wanted to hear like something downstairs. And she like, when she opened the closet, I wanted to hear something behind the wall. And that's how she knew to go through. Which is fine. I, but I mean, as a kid playing hide and seek, like I can see how she found it. It's not super wrong. (laughs) It's just, I would like it better the other way. I think it would add more to it. Um, but also at that point, maybe they were trying to still make it her imagination that she was, she wouldn't have heard anything if nothing was there. It was all in her head. So maybe that's why they chose not to do that. Yeah, they sure noises. started making sounds downstairs though. This scene, my entire yeah. note for this entire scene is just no, absolutely not. I put, um, no, sir, go back to bed. You demon child. That was exactly what I said. I well, was like, the other thing is, so I like psychological thrillers. What I do not like in any way, shape, or form in any case, in any genre is jumps. I do not do well with jump scares. They give me genuine panic attacks. Like, and I, I can literally, I can tell myself that it's okay. I can literally be like, something's going to jump out of the screen right now. And I will still get an anxiety attack. So the way that that scene is set up in the basement, I literally, I, I was like, no, I'm going to turn this movie off right now. Like I could not handle it. If I, if my dad had been watching with me, I probably would have turned it off because I was like, so I was like, nope, 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 nope. That's one thing with this film. And I think that might be why I liked it. It's not a lot of jump scares. There's like a couple, but you also like, they're not like, they weren't any, there weren't really any that I would consider Mm -hmm. actual jump scares. Right. So that's another reason I liked this movie because it did give me panic attacks. Um, Might should have though. Um, so I will say I, so I've seen this movie like a million times and I still like scream and jump when the lights went out the basement <laughs> and the like, lights went out I the knew basement. that was coming. I freaked <laughs> out for a minute, but then the actual thing that scared me more was not when the lights went back, went out, when they came back on the generator clicking on that scared the shit yeah. out of me. I was like, Oh no, no, sir. See, but I knew all that was going to happen. So it just caught me off guard for some reason. I was like, ah, I was like, ah, it's fine. I know I, I knew not. this was happening. I did not. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, she's playing hide and seek and then she's screaming and David comes down and finds her and's like, come out of here. What are you doing in here? Like, although he's not as alarmed about this underground basement with a bed in it as he should be. I would have been like, why is there a door that we didn't know about that has a bed in the bottom? Definitely a squatter. That's something I would be concerned about. And um, he wasn't. So yeah, that's, that's very true. He was very I was distraught about that for him. Um, but I also have a lot of anxiety. So I would probably be more anxious about things than other people. Um, but yeah, so he gets her out and then it's just like everything calms down. And so then we go into a scene where he's having, di- where they're having dinner with Elizabeth. This scene, 
felt a little out of place a little bit because so she's digging through her mom's stuff and she comes down dressed in the last thing that she saw her mom wearing before she committed suicide, which is like, again, kind of dark, kind of makes her a little bit of a psychopath. I know she misses her mom, but like, then she starts talking about, did you know my mom killed herself? Let me tell you how she killed herself. And it's like, this is not dinner conversation. I understand it's you're young. not, but also this is where I got really upset about them. Like trying to make trauma responses creepy because I don't think there's anything weird about what she did. Like they made it seem weird, but she's wearing a dress. The last thing she remembers seeing her mom in. And she's like, this woman likes my dad and they are flirting. And she doesn't even know what happened to my mom. She has no idea who my dad is or what my family is. And I'm not okay with it. So I'm just going to tell her because like, that's what her brain works like. Right. Like one of my students, one of my students, her mom passed away from, I think cancer a couple years ago. And I was having a conversation with her and she just goes, yeah, that used to be my mom's car, but now she's dead. Like so matter of fact, like there was well, no that, one behind it. That makes more sense though. Like yeah. that, feels and I know that it was just they dramatized it and that's why yes. it felt creepier right um, no and that's the thing but that's why I got so angry mm-hmm. I was like just let the little girl be traumatized like she is she saw her mom dead yes. in a bathtub of blood like let her the fact that he took her away from her therapist my gosh right I was like I was, that was the I, worst thing yeah and uh, uh but also in this scene um that relationship's moving very quickly they like yeah met and now they're basically married like i this is some bachelor level dating yeah and that moved very quickly and i was just like i don't understand granted it was just one dinner but it seemed way too cozy for the first dinner and like i get that when you are dating someone who has kids you have to like either be completely avoidant or completely all in on their kids like because that's what happens right but like that was a lot. very fast. And uh, so I, I will say that when she started, <laughs> when she gave her the books and Dakota Fanning just looks at her and she just knocks them off and then threatens her life. I laughed. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I was like, I know you're being creepy, but this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like you are such a little psychopath right now. Yeah. Um, that was I laughed more than I should have watching this movie. Probably. Um, Cause I did not laugh once. Right. Not one, yeah, not one were... single time. No. Yes. So uh, my few times of laughter were definitely too much. Um, so next I just put trigger warning, dead cat. Like, um, this yeah. is another scene. Well, so I said, not the stupid bathroom again. Cause he's having the same nightmare dream thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like who's going to be, what's going to be in the bathroom now? Like I'm not, I don't know. Because also, when I go to bed at night, all the lights are off at my house, except for the bathroom. We leave the bathroom light on at night. So Maybe when I wake up, a different room. But, well, because that's the only room anyone would go to in, at night. It used to just have a nightlight on. But the nightlight died. And so then now the mm-hmm. light's on. But like the number of times people wake up in the middle of the night, very, very not awake to pee. Like you leave the bathroom light yeah. on just for sol- solidarity. Right. That's but now fair. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and the only light in my house is on. It's going to be the bathroom and it's going to give me fucking anxiety. Yeah. I, uh, I just put for this one, I put WTF. Just wait until she burns the house down and starts peeing in her bed. And then we will have our McDonald triad. 
which I do understand they've started disputing lately. I'm on top of things. I do know that, but I, uh, I mean, she's now harming animals. So yep. Yep. Next. Um, what's next is actually that there's just a fucking guy trying to stick keys under the door at three o'clock in the morning. Like I literally, my note says this town is Creepville, USA. What the fuck was that? I literally basically said the same thing. I was like, there's so many creepy men around in the middle of nowhere. Go back to the city with Famke. Like you're done. (laughs) This clearly is not working. Um, so he's dropping off. I don't even know. Was he dropping off keys or I forgot what he was dropping off. Cause I was just like, why are you here? What is happening? He's dropping off. That's what I thought. Dropping off an extra set of Mm -hmm. keys. No, it so wasn't then, the house keys. It wasn't just the house keys. It was the keys to some of the rooms in the house, aka it was the key to the, her bedroom. Yes, yes. Which is even creepier. Also creepier. Yeah. <laughs> so then she's um, trying to tell David about Charlie again. And because he keeps asking her, he's like, what is going on? Why is this happening? Because of the cat and everything. And when she just deadpan says, Charlie doesn't want you to be happy. I was like, yeah. she's going to kill him. He was like, he was <laughs> like, why is, this, why is this about Elizabeth? And he's like, because she likes you and Charlie doesn't want you to be happy. I was like, Oh fuck. No. Right. And she's got all these creepy pictures of him on the wall. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Um, there is a moment where there's a goof in this. I think it's the scene. at Maybe later, but I'm pretty sure it's this one when she's drawing one of the pictures she accidentally colors herself with blonde hair instead of with brown hair. Oh, that's funny. Natural yeah. color. Um, yeah. But I kept zoning out and I missed the exact picture, but it does happen in one of them. Um, yeah. So then uh, while this is happening, she says the creepiest thing, a small child and most inappropriate thing a small child could ever say to anyone, especially her father and she says, Charlie says he would have satisfied her. Talking about her mother. And God bless. Charlie already had me on edge. And I am just definitely feeling the pedophile vibes now. Yeah, I'm so like, it's not great. And then she just starts screaming, Charlie. And it and that's again where it felt very the shining. It had like it felt like red rum, like when he's saying red rum, red rum. Have you seen the shining? Yes, I've seen the shining. Okay. So this is I thought you had, I just want to make sure. Yeah. And so like it it was the same like vibe I felt like where he's yeah. standing creepily saying red rum, red rum, and she's standing there creepily going, Charlie, Charlie. Like I was like, yeah. okay, again, very reminiscent. Um, but oh my gosh, everything so then, is just so intense at this point. Yeah. So then fam key comes to make a house call. And my mom goes, Oh, thank God. I was wondering when she was going to get there. <laughs> I will say my next note is that it's very weird seeing her in this like gentle, loving scene because the other things I've seen her Aaron, are him like Grove and X-Men. Like, right. Exactly. This is such a different role for her. And she did it so well. Like I didn't feel creeped out. By her. It was funny also. Cause I was thinking about her voice and how much we hated the American accent on her character in Hemlock Grove, and then I was like, "This is weird. I hate this." <laughs> I hate she, did, she did excellent. She was like, "Yeah, the best." Um, yeah, and then I was like, "He tells her he wants to wait two weeks to send her back." 
but they've been there like two seconds and everything is already insane. Yeah. My first note, my note, when she's my note, when, when family is like, please just let me take her back to New York with me. I wrote, please do get her the fuck out of that house. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's time. I don't know why he wants to wait two weeks. I, that makes no sense. It's not working. Things are only escalating. So it's insane. And then he goes into her bedroom and finds her diary. Oh, and that's when I wrote, dude, she's crazy. Get out of there. I wrote, this is serial killers. First flip book. And, uh, that was a lot. I was like, how, how are we still here? How have you not run out screaming and like put your child into a mental facility? Clearly she needs it. Like, uh, so this night after he puts Emily to bed, he turns off the light to spy on the neighbors. And I was like, we have, I was like, you have been the least creepy of all of them. And now you're the one watching through everyone's window. Which like granted, great. <laughs> granted, you look out your window and you see lights on in your neighbor's house when and like they've already given you really weird vibes because oh, at this point, the wife has already come over to apologize for her husband being creepy, like making thus making herself seem even creepier. And they talked about their dead daughter, and so like mm-hmm. he he I I don't blame him for just well like. I accidentally, I mean, I would absolutely be looking in their window. I'm not saying that, but he turns off the lights and looks through a telescope. I feel like that's pushing it too far. I mean, honestly, if he hadn't been an apathetic father for every other moment of this episode, I wouldn't blame him for that because like, I genuinely, if I was concerned that somebody was like hurting my child, I would do whatever it took and spy on them. Well, yeah. But also he just lets her be a fucking psycho and not care. So like, why does he care now? Exactly. Like this is not where the line should be. Um, right. So this is where Elizabeth comes back. She wants to talk to Emily and brings her some flowers so that she can be welcomed into the family. And this is the first moment we learn Charlie is not all in Emily's head because you see that. And I, I liked the way they did this scene where they had her talking to her and then they shot it from inside the closet. So it was like, you could see. Well, Cause they did Charlie's that earlier eyes. in the episode too. They did that mm-hmm. earlier in the episode too. When, so they, when he was trying to play hide and seek with her and we didn't know where she was and then he opened it and then the cat ran out of the closet. Yeah. I was like, when the fuck did they get a cat? I know. I said the same thing. I was like, I don't know why this cat is here. They, but it's just mostly to, it came from there the to get killed. It. It's there to get murdered. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so now the only person who can vouch for Emily's sanity has been pushed out of a window. Yes. And, uh, that's not great for Emily. <laughs> so I just put, she's so but then, I mean, so I was like, okay, hold on, but when she first walks yeah. in the house, so when she wa- first walks in the house and it's raining, the camera shows David in his office, writing in his diary with his headphones in and not answering the door. And then Emily is just creepily upstairs in her room. So when Elizabeth walks in and starts to walk upstairs, my note says you're an idiot and you're going to get killed. And yes. then I mean, absolutely. She, she walks in and, she, and Emily's staring at the other bed and there's no one there. Like, obviously. 
Yeah. I was like, so something you, bad's about to happen. As soon as she walked in the house, I go, nope, this is it. You are dead now. Yes. Yes. Very accurate. And um, so I'm like, then the sheriff comes over because he's found her car crashed on the side of the road. And I was like, this is your chance, Emily. This is how you get out. And she deadpans and lies to his face. And I was like, you're sadistic. <laughs> I was like, this is, I was like, this was your chance. And you are too young to be able to lie this well. Right. But the other thing is, the other thing is if we saw that something scared her and pushed her back, but we didn't see what it was. So there's still always the possibility that it is like demonic or something. So at this point, we know that Charlie is an entity, but it still is possible that it's something that she can't lie about, like that she has to lie about because who's going to believe her? Right, right. Well, she keeps trying to tell people and nobody does. So that's fair. But I was just like, that was way too easy for her to lie about that. If I was De Niro at this point, I would have lost my ever loving mind. I'd be calling Famke to come get this child because he sees the windows broken and all of these. I mean, he has the picture of her dying and like, I'm done. If I, I don't know, I do, I don't have kids. But at this point, I'm sending them somewhere else. <laughs> I don't, I can't right. handle them at this point. So then um, he goes into the bathroom again. Mm-hmm. Well, no. So he goes and he asks Emily what's going on. And she's holding the clock and it says 206. And so she's crying. And he goes into the bathroom again. And the bathroom curtain, it says, can you see now? And Elizabeth's dead body is in there. Yep. Yep. Good times. Good times. So now he's got to figure out where Charlie is to get him, but also get this body out of his house. Yes. And so he's just like losing it. He runs out into the woods and who does he find? But creepy Steven. And it all well, no. seems like it's starting to add up. At, yes. But at, so at this point, well, no, first, does he run? Does he find the bodies not in the tub before he goes to see Stephen, or before he sees Stephen, or after? Before. Yeah. So he goes to take care of the body, but it's not in the tub anymore. Mm-hmm. So yes. he's like, "What the actual fuck is going on?" And then she's like, "Charlie's gone. I don't want to see him ever you again." Just missed him, or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, so he runs outside, and then Stephen's there. So then, obviously, Stephen must be Charlie. So he starts like swinging a knife at the man yep and like and then when did he when did he grab the butcher knife um i don't know that we saw him actually grab it right because we saw him push it in earlier in the day yeah but we didn't i don't think we saw him pull it out yeah so that may have been an error in direction um, but yeah, so he has this knife and he's waving it at him and then he takes off and runs home and Steven chases him. And I'm like, that's it. That means he has to be Charlie. Like, why would well, you chase someone? I know that you're and, being attacked, while, but just and go while home. he's while he's outside, Emily calls Famke, who I can't remember her, her character. Catherine. Catherine. He calls she calls her and she's like, I need help. Daddy can't save me now. Which is again mm-hmm. a horrifying thing to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then he gets back in the house and she's terrified and he's trying to close the door and Steven sticking his hand in the door, like a, 
madman. And he's like stabbing him, trying to get him out, like cutting him. And then everything gets still. And he goes over and starts seeing these boxes. And his daughter is like panicking. And he starts opening the boxes one by one. And he finds a pair of headphones that are still wrapped. And then he finds notebooks that have never been written in. And then we get the flashbacks. And it turns out that it was David all along. The most fucked. Did you know before this moment? No. I had no idea. I had genuinely no idea. Who did you think or what did you think was happening? I I didn't. Well, first I thought it was a dead kid. And then I genuinely like... I didn't know if this was supernatural. I thought it was going in a supernatural direction. I really did because nothing else made sense to me. Well, I hate demon movies, so you should have known from the get go that. Well, no, I know, but but I mean, I I had literally no idea. And that is why I love this movie so much because it is not easy to figure out. Yeah, because I tend to figure like no, like not to brag, but I figured out the entire plot of Outer Banks in the first 37 seconds of the episode. I haven't watched it, so don't tell me. Well, I won't tell you, but I will tell you there is a murder that happens before the show starts. And then literally in the first three minutes of the first, in the opening credits when they're showing just pictures of people, basically like an overview of people on the island. I go, that's who did it. Mm. And my, and my sister-in-law goes, what? And I go, yeah, no, that that's it. She goes, nobody's even started talking yet. I go, mm, yeah, but just look at his face. Like the way, no, it, it's him. I was right. See, I'm pretty good at figuring stuff out like that too, which is why I liked this because it was so hard to figure out. And uh, well, and I will say, now that we've uncovered the twist, um, Robert De Niro's acting in this movie is next fucking level. Absolutely. I put, he does such a good creepy alternate personality because he's already acting for one personality and now he has gone like full 180. They are nothing alike. He's changed no. his voice and he stays in character on both sides. Right. It is. And like so when well he's, done. when the scene, so the scene when he's sitting on the bench after he kills the sheriff and he like, and he's like, what, you don't want to play anymore. And that whole conversation, I was like, that was the creepiest conversation. <sighs> yeah. um, but then, well, okay. So, so but we find out David did it. He kills the sheriff. He's chasing Emily around like a crazy person. Famke Jansen gets there. He tries to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some reason, and this is when I got angry because I would like to know why everyone is so dumb. Um, instead of, you know, going to a neighbor's house or calling literally getting at literally any help. Um, she runs into the cave, the creepy ass cave in the dark. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. How well, that- I also, I don't know that she knows if she can trust anyone else other than Catherine. And so I get that she's been in a weird spot and she like seemed to really resonate with the woods for some creepy reason. Cause she's still a little creepy. This is where I put before she runs off into the woods, when the sheriff comes in, she looks at him and she tells him she's drawing him dying. And I was like, okay, we know the twist and this kid's still creepy. Like, yeah. There's still something wrong with her. Like, Which then the, the ending of the movie does in fact confirm. Right. Right. Which we're not there yet. But 
this is also one of the goofs in the movie um, when they're having that conversation um, before she runs off into the woods again, uh, De Niro has the knife in his hand and it switches sides a lot. And uh, like it switches hands in between shots. Oh, cause I was gonna say, like, cause he also does a lot of switching it in his hands. Like later, like when he's in the oh, bathroom, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's like, I was like, are you sure? Cause I think he just was fucking around with a knife a lot. Yeah, no, it was like, it would be the same scene and then it would be in a different hand when they like went back. Which it was like, it's a small thing. Which it could also just be explained that the camera's not on him for the entire time. And so like he switched it while it wasn't looking at him. Like, right. I, I tend to be a little critical of goofs like that. Cause I'm like, me too. <laughs> like you, you couldn't. Oh, wow. Look, it's in a different hand. Every time you look at right. me, like I was like, God, no, but yeah. I, I, and this, this is the part in the writing and the directing where I just loved how the effects were done because we're at the end, they're in the cave and he has literally turned everything she loves into a horror show. Like she had her dolly. He mutilated it. She had her mom. He killed her, her mockingbird song. He's singing it to her creepily. Now that was her one, that, that music box was supposed to be her like one point of comfort. And now it's terrifying. She loved hide and seek with her mom. Now she's terrified of it. She it's clear. She's always liked drawing, but now they're all murdery drawings and she literally has nothing left to bring her comfort. Like Catherine is her only saving grace. And it's still not certain at this point, if she's going to get out of there, like it's so devastating for this child that she has, she just has nothing left. All of her dollies are now in this, like mutilated in this cave. It is absolutely awful. It's so well done. (laughs) And uh, fun fact about this scene um famke jansen is very uh proficient with like shooting guns yeah and so even though she's right-handed she held the gun left-handed so it looked like she didn't have as much control over it as she normally would because she's already so good with them and um i thought that was a great acting move i was like look at you so because i mean it did look i mean she looked out of place she didn't look like she was used to holding a gun but it's yeah held it in her other hand Nice. Nice. And uh, also, whenever she first ran into the cave, I just yelled at my screen. I was like, "Don't you put that gun down!" I was like, "Don't." He's the whole the whole scene where she's standing there with the gun and he's got the flashlight on her and he's talking to her. My dad was just telling, "Just shoot him. Just just shoot it." Right. Like it doesn't matter if it's really him or not. At this point, he's killed so many people that exactly just just shoot him. Yes. And then this is where we get into the next lighting effect that I liked. We didn't have a lot because it was all very similar lighting. The flashlight on and off was so good. It was excellent. And then when she just like was there and it was just like, yes, you're alive and you have a gun in your hands. Like we're going to make it. Yes. Um, And then she gets to go. So she, and when she shoots him, she says, hide and seek. And she puts her hands over her eyes. I was just like, oh, chills. I was like, that is yeah. so well yes. done. And I loved it. So yeah. then she gets to go home and live happily with Catherine. Kind of. Kind of. Because everything so is happy. Is- all the color is bright. They're all smiling. She's actually talking. It's cute. But her drawing 
seems okay at first. And then as soon as they leave, it pans down and the drawing has two heads. And that is the perfect setup for a sequel. Let me start there. I'll be mad about that again. And they never go anywhere with it, but. Which is fine. It's fine. I, 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 I like that they don't do sequels all the time. Like I, the fact that the orphan is getting a sequel is bothering me so much. I hate it. I, I agree with that. But like the thing is, I loved this movie so much. It was so well done. I was like, I know if they turn this around and make it about her now, it's going to be even better. Like, I felt no, like this is. But here's the thing. You think really that good. you think that until they make it and they royally fuck it up and then it ruins it for you. And so like pissed. Yeah. So like just accept. <sighs> That's that's the thing is like I don't think I ever I feel, will. I feel the same way. I feel the same way about a lot of things, but I'm also like, but they could never do it how I want it to be done. Right. That's also true. Yeah. Um. So that was the ending in theaters. Now there were four alternate endings that you have not seen because they're not anywhere but on the DVD because I couldn't find them today. So one of the first ones is a very simple alternate ending. They, at the end, when they pan over, she just has one head and it shows that she's normal and she lives her life happily ever after. I would have preferred that ending. I didn't. I preferred the ending where she's got something wrong with her. No, I just, I just, again, part of it is because I, I don't like, I don't like the whole using kids trauma as a plot point and the fact that he had a mental break and a psychotic yeah, split yeah. personality is fine, but like I, I don't know. I would have preferred if you were gonna go happy ending direction. I would have preferred actual happy ending. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's where we differ, <laughs> but that's okay. We can agree to disagree. That's not a big point. Um, so the next one, this one would have been very interesting way to do it. When Catherine, so Catherine tucks her in, and this is a. Uh, Screen rant. This was their pick for the best ending. Um, when Catherine leaves her room, I watch every single one of their videos, but I hate that. (laughs) I look up all the stuff on their website. Um, she gets out of bed and starts playing hide and seek alone, like she used to with Charlie, and then it ends. So that was that was an alternate way to show that she had a split personality break without having the picture. It was like yeah, but I don't I don't like that. I agree. That's not my pick either. So there's two more. And so this, I think would have been my pick. (laughs) It's probably the most insane. Okay. Hold Um, on. Save that one for last and tell me the other one first then. Well, the other two are the same, but one has less of an ending, but they're the same like setup. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah. One is actually the international ending um, that they played in films everywhere else. So it starts out the same way. We see Catherine um, tucking Emily in. She tells her she loves her. Everything seems fine. And then she goes out the door and she turns around and she locks it. And you look up and realize she's in a mental hospital in a psych ward. And that's the international ending. But one of the other alternate endings would be that she does the same thing where she wakes up where like she's left in there and she gets up and starts playing hide and seek in her room in her hospital room i would have loved that ending it is so creepy 
<laughs> that would have been my pick. I don't know what would have been your pick. Which one would you have picked? I don't know because I really, I like, I don't know. I don't want them all to be crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would have. You want a happy ending. I want, I want a happy ending, but I do think that having her, the international ending, I do like that one. Not, I don't like the, her getting up and playing hide and seek because I feel like that's I don't either because it's that's just too I like much. it more subtle. Yeah, yeah, where it's just you see that it's a hospital, then it ends, and it's like, oh crap! <laughs> like, right? You know? Exactly, exactly. Like, like Famke so. still took her home to take care of her, but knew better than to think that she was going to be okay after all of that. Like, exactly. so it's still it's just still it, life. it's open ended, but happy ending ish, where yeah. she's at least getting taken care of. Yeah. So I think I would have preferred that one. I think I would have too. I just, I read that because I had seen the one where she had one head and then I saw the one where she had played hide and seek with herself in her room, but I had not seen the one where she wakes up in a mental hospital. That was the only one I hadn't seen. So that caught me off guard when I was reading it earlier. Um, So that's our film in a, my pick and I absolutely adored it and I have some fun trivia for you are you ready I'm ready um because this movie plot twist was so big for the first time in 70 years 20th Century Fox shipped the movie reel without the final scene and because they didn't want it to get spoiled before it got released and uh I thought that was very interesting let's see I put some of these in in my shots too um Oh, so John Pulse, the director, he held auditions for Emily's part because he wanted to find another Dakota Fanning. So he knew that's the role he wanted to be played by Dakota Fanning, but he wanted to find like a different. He didn't. Her. He didn't. He didn't want Dakota Fanning. He just wanted a kid who could also do what Dakota Fanning right. could do. Yeah, and he, um, Anna Sophia Robb was a. Uh, she auditioned, but he He's ultimately, obviously, Anna Sophia yeah. Robb's too cute. Absolutely. You needed yeah. a dark child like, yeah. to go to Fanning to do this. You needed a kid that you could believe was innocent, but also believe was not innocent. Right. Um, also at the dinner scene, when she knocked all the books off the table, the yeah. book on top is Charlotte's web. Which and did- a year later, she was in Fanning yeah. played the main human role. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw that picture them. and I was like, Oh my God, that's her. The yeah, but this came out a her. year before Charlotte's yeah. Web did. Nice. So I thought that was fun. Um, I told you about the Beatle. Oh, the line that everyone says whenever they're hiding and seeking, they say, come out, come out wherever you are. So that was also De Niro's line as Max Katie in Cape Fear years yes. earlier. Yes. that I, I've never seen Cape know. Fear, so I didn't know that. But I thought that was fun. Um, I told you a lot of the goofs. That's all the trivia I have. Okay. Um, yeah, these were not. Oh, this was a fun one. This is not a goof. It's kind of a trivia one. When you see her on the merry-go-round in the very first scene, she yeah. has all of her permanent teeth. But it was, I guess, one of the later scenes because there are like when you're watching the movie, she has baby teeth in other scenes. And so they put that as a goof, but I think that's just like a trivia. Um, and then did you do i said those so these were some errors in the plot in continuity um so i told you about the character where she drew him with blonde hair yeah um 
And then I told you that one too. Oh, whenever they were, Oh no, I think that was the end. Of, sorry. I like <laughs> didn't have my stuff together. That's okay. Um, oh, this one was the plot hole. This was a big one. Um, if David smothers his wife and then slits her wrist, a medical examiner could easily tell that because it's so easy to tell when someone is like, you know, strangled or smothered right. yeah. as opposed to dying from bleeding out. And so they would have known that she was smothered before he figured it out later. Right. So like, it's not something a lot of people are going to notice, but like, it is a thing. That yeah. Happens. Um, so here's some reviews from critics, which I oh think boy. are fun. So on RogerEbert.com, I do not know who this person is. Roger, Roger, and, Roger and Eber. It's like the most important film reviewer in the oh. history of film review. Well, I absolutely agree with him. So I'm glad yeah. he said that he compared it to, uh, um, to a Shyamalan film and I said honestly that tracks because yes. I love you know I love yeah, Shyamalan we, yes we do and, love yes, I'm not Shyamalan. in this house we appreciate I'm not Shyamalan right <laughs> and so I was like that's the best review like I that that makes sense why I love this movie so much because yeah. I definitely agree the twist was very Shyamalan um because for the longest time I thought he directed it or wrote it because of how much it was like him yeah um so then I <laughs> This was funny. I looked at reviews on commonsense.com, which did a lot of parental views and stuff. And one of the categories was like, it tells you what's in there. And so one of them was like positive messages. And it just said, not present. <laughs> it's like, that is the truest thing. There are no positive messages. None. All zero. All bad things. Um, also, fun fact, there's a Korean film from 2013 called Hide and Seek. And I, it's not the same movie, but they are now remaking it eight years later. It comes out, they finished filming, but I don't know when it comes out yet. Oh. Um, and I was just saying it took them eight years to remake a movie and they, it's 16 years later and they didn't give me a sequel. Um, that's just me complaining about that again. But I was, oh, so that came up a lot. I had to figure out what it was about. Um, Pluggedin.com said, whenever you realized that it was David doing everything and that Emily was just watching him do all these terrible things. That's where it crossed the line from thriller into monstrous. And I was like, maybe what I thought it was good. I understand. Like if you're looking at a nine-year-old seeing all these horrendous things, yes, yeah, she's going to be in therapy for the rest of her life. It's well, traumatic. But also, if you go back and you look at her reaction to things, knowing the truth is way different. Right. Like the scene where right. she's staring at her dad finding the body in the bathtub and crying, knowing that he put the body in the bathtub. Like, yeah. She's like, this is insane. And knowing she can't do anything about it. Or like um, when he was, or when he was like, do you think I could talk to Charlie? And she's like, I don't think that's possible. He doesn't like you. Yeah. Like, I was like, I know. Well, shit. And my last critic review, I looked up who had the highest and lowest ratings for it. Um, I think this was on rottentomato.com and the Chicago Tribune gave it 75 out of hundred, which is like pretty high. They, they thought it was pretty good. And uh, the village voice gave it zero. <laughs> they did not enjoy this movie at all. And uh, I'm, I tend to lean with uh, the Chicago Tribune because what I were the, thoroughly enjoyed it. What were the, um, 
scores? Oh, look. it was, uh, if I looked at, the, when I looked up the rating itself, like overall, it was a, oh, where'd it go? I wrote it down. 3.9 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah, um, this, the Google says that 81% of Google users like the movie, but it has a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, a 4 out of 5 on Voodoo, and a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Hold on. But I always check the Metacritic score. That's the one that I tend to. Okay. I don't, I, I don't think I looked at that one. Let me see. Let me pull it up right now. If my internet works. Yep. Again, 35. So like I said, the critics don't agree with me. But yeah, but. it has an 8.7 out of 10 for users, but a 35 out of 100 for critics. But I think I, if I had to say why that is, is, okay, so a lot of them were like, De Niro and Fanning's acting was phenomenal, but the, everything else sucked. I was like, no, it didn't. There just weren't a lot of effects. You had... I Everything think, was so straightforward. You didn't I have think a lot it was, to like. I can see why it wasn't new. I mean, I thought right. it was very well done. I thought it was, I was genuinely shocked at the twist, which I probably shouldn't have been truthfully because I don't think it was very inventive. I don't think it was very yeah. out of the box or out of the ordinary. I don't think it was a masterpiece, but that doesn't make it a bad movie. And I think that's one of the things that like, user reviews versus critics reviews critics are always mm-hmm. for looking for the next new thing and users are just like did i like the movie yeah and i know that like my rating is going to be higher than everyone else in the world probably because it was the first horror movie i watched that made me realize i liked horror yeah and so it means more to me than just being a movie and it was and i think the writing was so well done like I do, I do think the writing was well done, even if it, you know, it had so many elements from The Shining. It had like, I mean, a lot of Drop Dead Fred like esque type things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it's the '80s movie um, where she has an imaginary friend who tells her to do all these like crazy things, and so like it had a lot of elements that other movies already had. Yeah, but also it had Robert De Niro and Dakota Fanning. I mean, The Shining had good cast too, yeah. but like it just. I thought but it was also, so well done. But also, like, The Shining, like, no offense, Shining is obviously a phenomenal film. Right. But The Shining had a book by Stephen King, mm-hmm. and it had Stanley Kubrick at the helm, who was already Stanley Kubrick. So, right. like, you're looking at this, whereas, yes, you've got Robert De Niro, who's a big name, and Dakota Fanning, obviously, had already started working, but, like, fam- nobody knew who Famke Jansen was at that point. Um, some of the other, even the other actors are good, solid cast, but nobody stand yeah. out. You know, it's not a, having a Jack Nicholson and a Shelley Duvall. Right. Like it's not the same. And you do have these directors and writers who are nobody. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't do anything else. <laughs> like, right. Well, they did TV stuff. They didn't do other movies though. Well, yeah, maybe because the critics told them their movie fucking sucked. <laughs> I probably would have not done more movies either, but I, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was very Shyamalan-esque and uh, it was fun. And like, this was the first time I'd rewatched it in probably 15 years, 10 for sure, but probably yeah. 15. And I still like, I still liked it the whole time. Like, and I've seen it a ton. So I think it holds up. Final yeah. thoughts. Um, I liked it. I did. I don't, 
I don't know if I'm going to go to sleep tonight, but like, I did like it. How on a scare level for you, how scary do you think it was? No, I wasn't. I mean, there were moments that I was genuinely scared. Like that basement scene just was not, Mm -hmm. not okay, but I wasn't scared. I just was, I just, I find it all too much. Yeah. Too much. Your brain has to work a lot because you're trying to figure out the whole time. And because you don't know the whole time. And it's because like every time something happens, it's like a complete misdirect. And I'm like, I don't even know what you want me to think. Like, that's the thing is sometimes when I'm watching a scary movie or a thriller or any kind of like psychological movie, I'm like, this is what's happening. This is what they want you to think is happening. Like Shutter Island. I can tell you exactly what, how the ending worked. And why and what they wanted you to think. In Inception, I can tell you exactly what the ending was and why and what they wanted you to think. Even yeah. though some people still try to argue with me that I'm wrong about Inception, but I'm not. Um, this, I don't even know what they wanted me to think. And I think that's how they wanted it. Yeah, which, I mean, I appreciate it, but it does mean that I'm not quite yeah. done processing everything I just watched. Absolutely. I've had, I've had 16 years to process, so... I'll but had two hours, hours. probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. So that was our horror movie of the week. And um, get ready because MK is going to let us know what our sci-fi movie is for next week. So yeah. So we're going to do a sci-fi movie. And this one was tricky because I really like sci-fi TV. I don't necessarily really like sci-fi movies. And also sci-fi is a really broad category when you get down to it. Because, like, anything that happens in a universe that can't actually happen is technically science fiction. So, like, Harry Potter and Star Wars, technically science fiction. Not yeah. quite. Um, but I, all, and I also wanted to pick one that I didn't think you have seen. Okay. So, the movie that I chose is from 1994. Okay. That's kind of old. And it was a theatrical released movie that then spent spun off into two, three, two or three television series after that. Okay. And it is called Stargate. I haven't seen Stargate. I've heard of it, but I've never yes. seen it. I don't know so anything about the, it. The original 1994 movie. So basically, I mean, it's a sci-fi movie about the U S government and aliens, basically. That's right up your um, alley. Exactly. <laughs> But um, so the original movie is from 1984. It was a theatrical release movie starring James Spader and Kurt Russell. Okay. Okay. And then when the TV show started in 1997, um, obviously they did not continue with the movie. And um, oh gosh, now I have to, I know Richard Dean Anderson plays the main character, which is Kurt Russell's character in the movie. And then James Spader's character is taken over by Michael Shanks, who I only know him from. Okay, I was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so it stars Kurt Russell and James Spader. It is on Netflix. I double-checked today that it's actually on I Netflix. I lied to everyone. Um, it was not on Hulu. I had to rent it from Amazon to watch Hide and Seek. I had to start a free trial of stars to watch it on Amazon. <laughs> if you wanted to watch it, I hope you got to. Or you could go to my mom's house stars. and borrow my copy. <laughs> Um, I also, if you don't have Netflix, I, you can come hang out with me. I have it on the Stargate on DVD, but also if you don't have Netflix, who are you? Yeah. At this point. Yes. At this point, like you have somebody's Netflix password. It might not be yours, but. Right. 
I'm not sure um, anyone has their own anymore. <laughs> I don't. I mean, here's the thing. My brother has the Hulu Disney Plus combo and he pays mm-hmm. for that. My parents pay for the Netflix. I pay for the HBO Max. So we like yes. share it. My parents pay for Netflix, Disney, and then I have my aunt's Hulu. I pay for HBO Max. Well, technically the so. HBO Max is part of my phone plan. Because I have AT I have AT and T. No, well, I mean, I pay I pay for yeah. my phone bill, and because I have AT and T and I have an unlimited phone plan, I also get HBO Max. Yes, yes, nice. Yeah. So MK. Oh, oh we also actually on the internet. also my dad on his Paramount account also has the uh, or on his Amazon Prime account has the Paramount, the Acorn, and the BritBox extensions. I do but have basic- Paramount from a different aunt. But so basically, <laughs> Stars is literally the only one, yep. the only streaming service that I have no access to anyway. Well, Rachel has Stars, and she told me I could use hers, but she was getting off work while I was trying to start. And I was like, I have to start this movie now, or I'm not going to have time to finish it before we can record. I so if I, I need Stars my, in the future, I'll have I called it. my dad and I said, Hey, dad, I have a problem. He said, What? I said, I need to start this movie right now. And um, it's not actually on Hulu unless you have the Stars <laughs> extension. And it's also not on Amazon unless you have the stars extension. And I would rather try to add an extension to yours than to George's. So can I do that? He said, as long as you cancel it before the seven day free trial is up. I said, thank you. Excellent. So you cancel that when you get off here. Yeah. That's what I, I mean. I'm going to leave it till Sunday on day six, just in case there's any good movies on there. But well, you might can cancel it. I know like with Amazon, I've been able to cancel and it still lets me keep it for my full whatever period oh yeah i'm just gonna wait till sunday and cancel it just okay well good luck with that set an alarm i did i already set an alarm to go off on sunday that says unsubscribe from stars nice uh i do that and still forget um but speaking (laughs) of all of these uh netflix and streaming and whatnot um i hope you're hanging out on instagram and if you're not come hang out with me i'm doing 31 days of halloween challenge and watching all kinds of spooky movies and we're alternating like we're doing horror one week, sci-fi the next. And so we'll have two weeks sci-fi, two weeks of horror each month. So uh, I don't know as much about sci-fi as Mary Kate. I only know a few sci-fi podcasts. So recommend some to us. Yeah. A lot of, if you guys know good horror and sci-fi podcasts, like let us know. We follow a lot of true crime because like that's our lives. Um, And like, I follow a bunch of people who do, podcasts on shows that I already watch but like mm-hmm. horror in general I have a couple like, horror movie ones that I recently subscribed to that, that I'd listened yeah, to um and, and so, paranormal but yeah like so paranormal and true crime we've got that covered yeah. uh, but like sci-fi definitely send us all your recommendations not that I have time to listen to any other podcasts but like why not what else do I do with my life yeah and uh yeah speaking of that you can follow us and send us those recommendations um on instagram or twitter at death and aliens all one word and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at e-m-k-a-y underscore superstar i uh tweet a lot of really funny things i don't really post on instagram that much but i'm working on it um you can follow me everywhere at ce cloud 13 um Sometimes I post on Twitter. I'm still still pretty active a little bit, at least a couple times a week. But right now you can mostly find me on Death and Aliens Instagram stories because I figured out how to do stories and I'm having a great time. 
So I get I not to interact with you there. I get notifications all the time that it's like so and so replied to your comment, and I was like, I didn't comment anything. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, it's Courtney. I'm I'm having a great time talking to people. So <laughs> please, please talk to me on there. Yes. So I'm not pathetic and lonely. And and just know that probably if you're getting talked to on the Death and Aliens Instagram, 80% of the time, it's Courtney. But MK makes all of the posts that go on our main page, and she's much more creative than me. So I, uh, I try. I'm good with the designing and the captions and the talking, but like interacting, I forget a lot to do that. But I do that. I've become very social lately, which is new for me. I just have so much energy spent on preteen children that I don't have energy for strangers. I just went hardcore. I am talking to all the people at the bar, all the people on the internet. I am all over the place now. All right. Well, with that, make sure to check out Stargate, not the series, the movie um, on Netflix before next weekend. And Hey, you never know. Maybe one day the series will show up here as well we uh haven't decided i mean no we have a list yeah we've we've got a list we'll see how when we do anything because you know i don't know if you guys know this there's a lot of horror and sci-fi tv out there like a lot a lot like it's forever and like for some reason sci-fi shows always have the longest run times like Mm -hmm. sci-fi shows run for decades and decades and decades for no reason yeah uh, that's another thing. Any new horror and sci-fi shows, please recommend those to us also, because we're trying to keep up to date with the times. Yeah. Well, she is. I mean, Mary Kate's stuck in the seventies, but yes. uh, I I'm, I'm still stuck in 2019 on YouTube. So like, I'm not, I'll get there one day. But I like to talk to her about it and then it might be on a future episode. Who knows? Yeah, so. We'll see. so we will see you guys next time. See ya.